Welcome to Furry Explained. I'm Finn, a big black cat from the internet, and Furry Explained is my show about furries and their culture. Now, I'm sure this is the case for most of you, but being a furry is just one of my many hobbies. Another big hobby that I have is traveling. I love traveling and especially love traveling to big cities. In fact, one of my lifelong goals that I want to accomplish before I die is to visit the largest city in every state in the United States. And I think I'm off to a pretty good start. I'm at 26 out of 50 so far. And I bring this up because typically around this time in mid-October is about the time of the year where I start planning travel for the rest of this year and the first half of next year. For next year, I'm looking to go overseas for the first time in over half a decade. But now that I'm a pretty active member in this whole furry fandom thing, part of my travel plans now and in the future will now consider when furry conventions are. And I'm one of those people that plans everything, not just grandiose vacations. Even weekend trips that I want to go on take a considerable amount of planning, and I definitely want to get some furry conventions in when I have some time away from work. Now, if you're no stranger to the fandom, you know that there are a lot of furry conventions out there. New ones seem to pop up relatively frequently around the world, but especially here in the United States. Which, to me, is a good thing. It means the fandom is growing, and I personally love competition and having a lot of choice. And because there's so many all around the country and really the world, it offers an opportunity to travel to some really cool places, especially some that people might not have considered if they weren't going to a furry convention. But... This large list of furry conventions can lead to decision fatigue, especially if someone is new to the fandom. And that decision fatigue could ultimately lead to decision avoidance, and you might end up not going to any convention at all. But there are some good ways to narrow down the list, and one of the easiest differentiators between many conventions is their size. There is no one convention that is the same size as another. There are some with attendance numbers well over 10,000 people, and some that barely reach a fraction of that number. Size can be one of, if not the primary way that furries, especially newer members, can use to make a decision on which convention they want to end up at. But even then, there's a lot to compare and contrast when it comes to what goes on at cons at different sizes. So let's talk about a few of them. Let's go over some upsides and downsides of cons of different sizes, and how the differences between them can help you make a decision on which furry convention you plan to attend. Because, and I hate to break it to you, but you can't go to all of them. I don't care who you are, what you do, or what kind of money you have, I'm willing to bet a good amount that any one individual cannot attend every single con, especially in the United States, in a given year. You have to pick and choose somehow. And I think the size of a given convention is a pretty solid start to determine which cons you do want to dedicate a weekend towards. So, welcome to Furry Explain. Let's get started right here. 
Before we get into it, I do want to clarify something on what I mean by size. When I mention the size of a convention, I'm talking about the attendance numbers, not the physical amount of space that it takes up. And to further avoid making things too complicated, I won't split up conventions into too many sizes. For now, we're just going to split them into smaller and larger conventions. And I'm not going to get too specific on the numbers of what makes something small or large either. I think a good rough estimate to use would be around 1,500 attendees for the split. So larger conventions would have more than 1,500 attendees and smaller conventions would have less. I think you get the point. But I think it's also worth mentioning that my perspective is from someone who's a United States citizen. So that's where most of my examples are going to come from. But the main principles of this episode can be abstracted to any good-sized country or group of countries like the European Union. But let's start at looking at the big conventions, which are conventions that have attendees with more than 1,500 people but can get up to well over 10,000. These are the more well-known conventions, the ones that you'll often hear name-dropped in conversation. But even then, in most cases, you'll just hear the acronym of these conventions because furries are pretty lazy. Some examples of these larger, more well-known conventions are Midwest Fur Fest in Chicago or technically Rosemont, Illinois, and Anthrocon in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And there's a lot to like and a lot of things that larger cons have going for them. Primary of which is the number of people who do end up going. In short, at larger conventions, everyone is going to be there, which is notable for a couple of different reasons. It's really easy to meet new people. You'll have ample opportunity to do so. Going to a larger convention could be the best way to coordinate with online friends to meet each other in person, especially if you can only do that maybe once a year or so. And with that many people attending you really have the opportunity to truly immerse yourself in the small microcosm of everyone around you being a furry. Another feature of larger conventions is that they're usually in a central location that's straightforward to get to. And usually that location is interesting if you want to do things outside of the convention. Also, and this is especially the case with the upper end of the larger cons, is that their timing is usually pretty good. These cons typically happen around holidays where it makes more sense to take off work or use less vacation days altogether to attend the entire convention. And probably the most important thing when it comes to a furry convention, at a large con, you're not going to run out of things to do. There's going to be a panel for everything and the widest variety of things to buy at places like the Dealer's Den or the Artist Alley. And to accommodate all the attendees, they're usually in a place with a lot of space, usually in a convention hall or a large hotel, which is important for people who get claustrophobic easily or just like to have a lot of space to move around. But large conventions aren't perfect. And there are some definite downsides to these larger gatherings that are important to consider. Primary of which is everyone is going to be there. 
meaning that there's going to be a lot of people, which can get overwhelming for even the people with the best social skills. And because these cons are so popular, it can be very, and I mean very hard, to get a place to stay. Some of the largest conventions have to implement hotel room lotteries to deal with this, which are exactly what they sound like. Whether you end up with a room at the con hotel or not literally comes down to chance. And there's just a lot of smaller things that can add up in a real way. These larger cons tend to be in nicer parts of larger cities where things generally cost more. And sure, you might not run out of things to do, but there might be too many things to do where you might have to end up choosing between two panels that you really want to go to. Even when you decide on what you want to do, there will undoubtedly be lines to get to anything that you want to attend, and those lines can end up being really long. And things will just sell out, from things in the dealer's den to hotel rooms like I alluded to earlier. Additionally, it might actually be harder to make new friends, since you probably won't see the same person twice. And just that sheer amount of people might spike social anxiety, or just might not be something you're interested in if you're not comfortable in large environments. I think the main point to drive home here is that larger cons just have more. More people attending in larger cities with more things to do, but are generally more expensive, are a lot more tricky to get essential things like accommodations, and you might not be able to do everything that you want to do. But despite their drawbacks, these cons are popular for a reason. Many people end up enjoying the semi-controlled chaos of large furry conventions. But they're definitely not for everyone, that's for sure. Now let's go to the other end of the spectrum to the smaller furry conventions. These cons are fully-fledged furry conventions, but with less than around 1,500 attendees, but they can get all the way down to the double digits in attendance. These are cons that you might not have heard of nearly as much as the larger ones, and if you have, they're probably because they're a lot more local and draw their attendees mainly from the area around them. Some examples of these smaller conventions are Spokanthro in Spokane, Washington, and Big Sky Camp Paw in Darby, Montana, which, if I remember correctly from when I was researching this episode, had less than 100 attendees at its last iteration. But these smaller conventions are still very attractive to a large portion of the furry fandom. One of the big things going for these smaller conventions is that there's a lot more options. Because they're so local, there's a good chance that a smaller con could possibly be close to you. This leads them to being less expensive to travel to and attend, and great for people who may not enjoy traveling as much. And I think an underrated pro for these smaller conventions is that they tend to be shorter in length. All the activities for the con could take up just a weekend, which makes it easier for people with a full-time job to attend an entire convention, and easier to do most, if not all, of what they have to offer. And because there's less people, there's shorter lines, it's easier to get to a hotel, and the whole experience can be a lot more relaxing, not as busy, and potentially safer overall. 
and they're a great fit for everyone, no matter what your social comfortability is. If you're a little bit more social, it's easier to find and stick with a group, since the chances of you seeing the same people more than once is pretty high. But equally as important, smaller cons are a lot easier of a place to work on social anxiety and slowly becoming more comfortable and confident around people who are interested in anthropomorphic animals. But just like the larger ones, there are some cons to these smaller, furry cons. Primary of which is that there's less people, which can result in less panels, fewer options at the dealer's den, and just not as jam-packed of a schedule, which can lead to idle downtime. There's also the potential downside for someone who likes to travel and visit interesting places. Because these cons tend to be so local, they are sometimes in smaller, less populated areas with less touristy attractions. And these conventions are just slower in general, which can be great if you want to relax, but not if you get bored easily and always need something to do. But I think the biggest downside for smaller conventions is that they might not last very long. And I'm not talking about the duration of the con, but more the convention itself. Furry conventions are pretty difficult undertakings to run, and if there's not enough support, smaller conventions might only exist for a few years or so. And sure, they could be replaced with a new con that very next year, but that new convention comes with new leadership that may be better or worse than before. There's just that small level of uncertainty that you can't completely rely on that convention sticking around as your yearly furry outing like some of the bigger cons. But even with all that being said, all those potential downsides might not be a problem for con-goers who like a more relaxing experience. And if going to a furry convention is part of your few vacations from work or school throughout the year, Trying to keep up with the insanity of a large con might sound like more work, just in a different, more fluffier form. Alright, so we've gone over both larger and smaller conventions, and unsurprisingly, they both have their upsides and downsides that differentiate themselves from one another. But even with all that information, you still might be asking yourself which one should I go to, especially if it's my first one. Well, if you want my advice, if you're just starting out, try a fur meet first. These meetings are very local, so you shouldn't have to travel too far to go to one. And they are a really good opportunity to hang out with a group of furries partaking in one or just a few concentrated activities in one day. But besides from that, when it comes to choosing which cons to go to based on size, I would say do whatever you feel most comfortable with, financially, socially, physically, and travel-wise. I would prioritize your finances and your social level over the other two. Make sure you can actually afford the con you want to go to, and either try to have people go with you, or know how big of a gathering you want to be a part of if you're fine going alone. 
But don't discount things like your physical well-being either. If four straight days of limited sleep and non-stop action during the day sounds like something that would wear you out, a smaller con might be more your speed. But the opposite is true too. If two days with three to four panels sounds like a snooze fest for you, a larger con might be more what you're looking for. In general, I like to suggest easing into any experience, but if you want to dive right in with the 10,000 plus people at Midwest Fur Fest, be my guest. That honestly sounds like a lot of fun. But whatever you end up doing, do whatever you think will result in the most fun. Because at the end of the day, having fun is what furry conventions are built for. That concludes this episode of Fairy Explained. A little bit of a shorter one this time, but still, thank you so much for tuning in and listening. I really hope you enjoyed it and maybe learned something new today. As always, if you want to continue the conversation about the different sizes of furry conventions or have any other feedback for the show, you can find and follow me on Twitter. I'm at Finn the Panther, and a link to my Twitter is down in the show notes, along with some other resources about convention sizes that you should definitely check out. If you do like the show and want to support it, the best way to do that is to follow or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. If you're on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, be sure to give the show a rating and a review as well. You can also just tell people about the show, and if we don't show up in the search box, they can go to pod.link slash furry explained to find the show on their platform of choice. Thank you so much for doing so, and we'll be back next week for another episode of Furry Explained. But until then, stay wild out there. Peace. Now, I know some of you listeners have asked me this before, so I'll just quickly take the time to say it here. If you're curious about the next conventions that I'll be attending, I'm probably going to go to only one more for the remainder of this year. I actually was originally planning to go to BLFC this year, which I think is happening the week this episode will come out, but I was recently personally invited to an alumni event at my alma mater that's across the country, and I can only take time off of work to go to one. And it's not like BLFC is going anywhere, it's pretty close to me too, and it's one that I definitely want to add to the rotation eventually. But the one convention that I know I'm going to for sure before this year ends is Anthro Northwest next month, mainly due to it being the flagship convention here in Seattle, so it's super easy for me to get to. But other than that, that's pretty much it. I can't make it to MFF due to a family thing happening that same week, and I gotta be careful with my PTO this early in my new career. But yes, A&W is next on the list for me, and I'm not going to go in secret like I did at Denver earlier this year. So if you're going and want to say hi, let me know.
Though, let me know closer to the date that the convention actually happens, otherwise I'm going to forget. I'm honestly a pretty forgetful person. But there you go, there's my quick convention attendance update, and I'll let you go now. Enjoy the rest of your week and whatever you got next going on for you. I'll speak with you soon.